hello. My name is Gabriella Cowan. I am the sixth grade counselor here at Cedar Valley. Welcome to our counseling podcast. I'm here today with Miss Mary Hobbs, our seventh grade counselor, and Miss Elia Eichbush, our eighth grade counselor. So I just wanted to um, talk to you a little bit about what counseling services looks like right now that we're doing virtual um, virtual learning. So um, as best practice during the whole COVID-19 pandemic, so counseling and other student support services um, are provided remotely through audio voice, so like telephone or video conferencing. So we can do also a video conference with you or your child or and your child. Um, in addition to supporting students' mental health and social emotional well-being, uh, we're also providing academic and post-secondary counseling and advising. If you need some help with like planning for um, next year in high school, we can also do that for y'all. So like I said, we're still available. Um, please reach out to us via email or phone call or text. We have a Google voice number. You can uh, also text for assistance. So if you go to our Cedar Valley website, you can find that information under about your counselors. Um, and let's see. So many changes have also come through the COVID-19 and like the dynamics have changed at home and at school and the way we're learning. So um, if you need any type of support that is non-academic as well, we can also help you find resources in the community. So it's not just um, about school and learning, but, you know, the whole um, all around the uh, success of the student and of your family as well. Um, so here I have Miss um, Miss Mary Hobbs will is going to give us some um, services that we can find with um, remote counseling. Hello, everyone. This is Mary Hobbs. Again, just like Miss Cowan said, I am the seventh grade counselor. And I'm here to talk to you today about what is the counselor's role. So some of you may only think that we just do your schedules. And that is not necessarily the case. We also um, support you in many different ways. So that's what I'm gonna um, talk to you about today. And Ms. Cowan did mention some of those um, services that we do provide for all of our students and our parents. But um, let's just go ahead and dive in and let's talk about it. So one of the ways that we support um, our students and our families is we do check-ins with our students. At any time, if the student needs to um, talk to us, you know, our offices, of course, um, once we're back on campus, our offices are set up where the student can take the time to kind of gather themselves. So one of the um, counseling strategies that we like to do is called settling your glitter, knowing that sometimes when you are upset or angry, um, you have to kind of just calm yourself down and that's not gonna happen immediately. So those are some things that we do. We um, talk to our students and we walk them through that strategy. We're also being very flexible during this time. Um, you know, in previous years, and we're still trying to figure it out this school year, we're gonna be doing some classroom guidance lessons. Um, they may look a little bit different than what they did in previous years, but a couple of topics that we've done in the past is really learning about the future. Um, just like Ms. Cowan had said, what is your high school future looking like or doing um, interest inventories that way you can kind of get an idea about your careers as far as what are you looking to do post-secondary after high school we've also um, done some topics on conflict resolutions so just knowing how to agree and disagree appropriately without it being uh, blown up into some type of um, disaster between you and your peers 
And then, of course, we've done just some topics on um, respect and cultural diversity. There are a couple of groups, but we're not limited to just checking in with just any type of students, but just some of the groups that we do make sure that we check in with are our students who are in foster care, our students who um, have, uh, who are homeless. Um, we also work with new families coming in, helping with just that welcoming and um, just giving them the orientation that they need where our students can feel comfortable day one of school. And then um, when our students come back from some type of different placement, um, that could be like a mental health treatment center or some type of all alternative schooling. We try to meet with the families and the students prior to them coming back to school. So that way we can see what are their needs during that time. We also wanna just make sure that the student um, is feeling safe and, we're, and if we need to, we'll come up with some type of transition and safety plan during that time. Um, there are a couple of things that we also do on helping our students with if they're having a hard time making it to school. As counselors, we like to sit down with our administrator and sit down with the student and the families and just really try to figure out what is the root cause of the attendance concerns. And then we try to figure out and work with the plan with the families as well. And then um, another thing that we like to do is we have our meetings with our families. In previous years, we've worked with families from transitioning to high school, of course, you know, we are a campus that goes to multiple high schools. And so, you know, we definitely want to make sure that we're providing you with the right information uh, with that particular high school. During that transition time, we also go over our four-year plans as far as what that looks like. Now, of course, we know that things change throughout those four years, but it's just a draft. Um, so that way the students can just kind of have an idea of where they're starting. And then we do also a night where we'll have a grade level night for like a fifth grade night, um, a, a current sixth grade, seventh grade night where we're going over toy sheets and their fine arts, um, things like that. As far as remotely, some of the things that we're gonna be working on this year, cause we know that it's hard being home when you guys are working full time as parents and also trying to provide your child's needs. And so um, we're going to be talking about just what does it really look like to be an at-home learning? We're going to be providing you guys with some strategies, happen to give you some strategies today, and um, just some coping strategies for you and also your students as well. And Miss um, Eichbusch um, has something really special that she's going to end our um, podcast with today. So these are just kind of some of the roles that we do as a counselor. Again, we are not just limited to just one thing that we do. Um, but if again, if you guys have any specific questions, don't hesitate to reach out to um, your grade level counselor and we will um, we will work with you and help support you and your student. I'm going to turn it over now to Miss Eichbush and she is going to go over some virtual strategies. strategies. All righty.
Hey everybody, um, I know we have finished up week one of virtual learning and um, it seems to be going okay from what I'm hearing. I know that some people might have computer issues or some internet issues and we know that we have to be here at school as flexible as possible because this does look very different at home than it does at school. So I wanted to go over some virtual home learning tips and strategies that you can use with your kids to hopefully make this the best positive experience it can it can be. So first of all, I want to think about getting your kids in a routine, especially in the morning. Make sure they're getting up at the same time in the morning. They're getting breakfast. They're dressing like they would go to schools to make them really feel like they, they're in school. Shouldn't really be on camera. Think about virtual etiquette, like not in pajamas, not feet up on the desk things like that. Think about the school setting. That should be what you're trying to project to your students at home, that yes, you're at home, but you're still in school. Um, make sure you get your kids on a schedule and that you stick to it. You might need a visual schedule. You might need a dry erase board. You might need a, a write down planner. It could be a Google calendar. Every kid is different. So you're gonna to have to figure out what works best for organization and calendar skills for your child. But teaching them those strategies early on is gonna help them to be more successful as they move along. Also, think about time management tips. Having, um, again, a consistent schedule for schoolwork <clears throat> allows parents to plan the workday and let students more easily transition in and out of school time. Um, there has been some research studies that show that students that have a higher GPA are usually better at time management. So it's good to build those structure and consistency skills as early on as possible. Um, then think about creating a learning space for your child, a digital learning space. Does your child have a place to sit that's clutter free, that is organized, that's strategized as best for your child as possible? Um, Reducing clutter helps reduce distractions. So um, what you don't want to have is the kids have their gaming system next to their computer where they're learning. We want to create those distractions away. They should not be on social media at the same time that they're learning. We know that it's important for them to keep connected with their friends, but create a time and a place for that. When can they meet with their kids virtually, their friends' kids virtually, sorry. When can they be in school with their teachers virtually? Try to keep, um, if their toys are around, um, I know with middle school kids, toys are more virtual gaming toys, but try to keep that uh, clutter-free workspace. Think about pets. Are pets um, distracting from the learning? Are they keeping a child calm? Whatever is in the best interest. Sometimes it's good to have a pet around, sometimes it's not. I know that when I'm working from home, a lot of times my, my cat likes to walk on my keyboard or walk in front of the screen and it's very distracting it's very hard to work so you have to figure out what's best for your child in that area also don't forget to take brain breaks and get plenty of exercise it can be hard for a child and it's not good for a child to sit for eight hours straight in front of the computer they need to be getting up and taking some breaks doing some exercising going outside for a little bit on a nice day um when we move and um, get our heart rate up, it has a positive impact on how we're thinking and how we're learning. Allowing for exercise um, helps 
your child improve their attention. Exercise is one of the best ways to reduce stress and preventing anxiety. Um, so think about that. How can we take a brain break? How can we get the eyes off the screen for a while in between those virtual classes? Also, since we're working virtually and on the computer, think about which accessibility features on the computer help your child. Most phones and laptops and other mobile devices have built-in assistive technology. For example, read aloud, text-to-speech can help with struggling readers and writers. On If your child is watching a YouTube, they can adjust the settings to slow down the playback speed. If they're having trouble, they can rewind, they can fast forward. Um, they can set closed captioning up a lot of times on the videos that they're watching. So go through those, um, look at your computer and do some research and see if there's some assistive technology devices on that computer. Again, we talked about helping kids stay in touch with their friends. School is much more than a place to learn. It serves as a place for kids to socialize and um, those social ties that students have are very important that can have a positive effect on academic achievement. And they're missing their school, they're missing their friends, they're missing their teachers. So it's important to set up those virtual times with their friends to keep them in touch. Also, don't be afraid to reach out to your child's teacher. Um, keep an open dialogue. Like we said with counselors, email us, text us. We all have Google Voice numbers. You can text us. I know my Google Voice, if you, if you go on our website, our Google Voice numbers are there. You can text us. Those texts go to our email so we see them right away. If your child is struggling or having any issues or you have questions about uh, the technology, reach out to your teacher. Also, continue to provide positive feed, feedback to your children. They need that reinforcement. Let them know that things are going well. This is, we're going to eventually get back to school. We just have to be flexible with what's going on, but provide positive feedback to your children. Awesome. Awesome. So well, thank you. Thank you, Miss Eichbush, for all those um, details. So now Ms. Eichbush is actually going to lead us through a mindful breathing exercise um, for you all that you guys can use at home with your child as well. Um, it's super simple, but it really helps regulate the body back and, and bring them back to um, to be ready to learn or just to be relaxed in this in this cra these crazy times that we sure are living. So here is Miss Eichbush again helping us with this mindful breathing exercise. Okay, a mindful breathing exercise, and we've all I'm sure you've all done it. It's like it can be three minutes, it can be four minutes, it can be a quick 30 second mindful breathing exercise. The basic technique is to focus your attention on your breath, the inhale and the exhale with openness and curiosities. Studies have shown that the ability to focus attention on your breath can actually help you deal with everyday stress, anxiety, emotional ups and downs. So let's everybody start. Whether you are standing or sitting, become very aware of your posture. Straighten your spine so that you feel alert and relaxed, but not rigid. Now take a few deep breaths. A lot of times we call this four by four breathing. In for four counts, one, two, three, four, and then out for four counts. One, two, three, four. Do that four times. One, two, three, four, out, two, three, four, in, two, three, four, out, two, three, four, last time, in, two, three, four, out, 
two, three, four. Bring your awareness to any part of your body that feels tense and relax those muscles. Bring your awareness back to your breath. Notice when you feel the breath most in your body. Settle into a relaxed focus as you follow the the sensation of each inhaling and exhaling. If you notice that your mind has wandered, which it will, simply acknowledge the sensation and then let them go. Continue to gently redirect your attention back to your breath for as long as you'd like to. Mindful breathing can be done while sitting in traffic, waiting in line, during your exercise routine. You don't have to be sitting on a cushion. Since our minds tend to wander, it can help to follow your mindful breathing and refocus back to your breath. And remember to always be a star. Star, um, smile, take a breath, and relax. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Miss Aikush, for guiding us through that. So um, with that, I know our podcast was a little long this day, but I, we just wanted to get you some strategies and some information out. And we are all here available to help you. Again, our information is on our Google web, uh, on our website, our email, phone, or a text number that you guys can get a hold of us. And again, I will remind you, if you need any kind of support for you or your family, even if it's non-academic, please reach out to your um, grade level counselor and we can try to find you some some um, help as, in the community as well. Thank you so much and we'll see you next week.